legacy means a lot of things to a lot of people. To some, it's lasting integrity. It's building and maintaining a history of greatness. It's making an impact on people and community. For others, it's dependable security and assurance in an uncertain time. To us, it's all of that and more. It's a mindset, a brother and sisterhood of hardworking people dedicated to doing the right thing for you and those you care about. Of growing today for a better tomorrow. That's what legacy means at Southwestern Legacy Insurance Group. What does it mean to you? Let's talk legacy. Welcome, everybody. I'm Gary Michaels, and welcome to Let's Talk Legacy. Today, we're going to spend some time with somebody that I I admired in the industry before I actually met him. We're going to be talking with Kevin Wilson. Kevin Wilson is the chairman and CEO of Buzz Franchise Brands, a fast-growing multi-brand franchising company that builds companies that get people talking with a primary focus on providing quality home services. So welcome, Kevin. Gary, it's very nice to be with you. Good to see you again. Absolutely. Let's dig right into this. So your first big business venture was Benny's Bagels, which you founded in the mid-90s out of what you call a, a mild bagel addiction, which I also have, by the way. Love it. Tell us how your bagel passion led to starting the business and, and how you grew it. Yeah, yeah. First, you have a very good memory. I was working at Bain & Company at the time as a consultant. And uh, as much as I loved Bain and the work we did and the people I did it with, I always felt the entrepreneurial calling. There was nothing in particular about bagels other than I, I enjoy bagels. But what we what we really saw was an opportunity in Texas to bring bagels to a population that really didn't have that. I mean, it was big on the West Coast. It was always big on the East Coast. But this was when early on the bagel craze was just starting. And so we launched it, I guess, in 94, late 94. And then we just, we, we grew it. And then I had the opportunity to meet a, a gentleman named Joe Croce, who was the founder of CC's Pizza. And uh, through a couple of conversations with him, I learned a lot more about franchising. And we felt like franchising was the right business model for the bagel concept. So we began to franchise it. So let's go back a little bit to Bain. Tell me about your Bain experience and how you got involved in that and, and what you learned from being a business consultant. Yeah, it was my first job out of college. I started in the Toronto office and an opportunity came up when they were starting the Dallas office shortly thereafter to uh, to move down. And uh, when I look back on those years at Bain, it was not just a continuation of my business education, but really an acceleration. I mean, the quality of the individuals I worked with was was incredible. Uh, we had so many great clients in a lot of different industries. So from my selfish perspective, it was interesting because I was learning a lot more about different industries all the time. But what I learned was we were applying the same tools and the same techniques to all of these business. It just was a different industry. And so for me, that was really insightful. And uh, it, and I think it really allowed me to do what I'm doing now. You know, the foundation of my business education was really solidified at that point. And I was able to take those tools and really launch you know, various businesses with them. And that's why I brought that up, because I think that was the foundation for you, right? What you learned in all these businesses. I mean, after you you left Denny's, you totally went in a different route and you found your way into the airline industry. Yep. When people see the jump from bagels to airlines, it's a bit of a head scratcher. Right. My area of uh, focus when I was at Bain & Company was in the airline industry. And so I spent a lot of time working for Continental Airlines down in Houston. That's really what got 
the CEO of South African Airways interested in me. Yep, he happened to have been an ex-Bain guy as well. Oh, okay. Bain and company was hired to do work in South Africa. My wife actually is also a big consultant. She was hired to do uh, work down there. And so when it came up with that, the CEO was looking to fill out his team, the managerial team, my name was raised. I was actually still in Texas at the time, but my name was raised as somebody that'd be interested in doing that. So uh, you could say I, le- I I followed my wife down there. I followed Babe down there. And I also followed, you know, a- an adventure. I mean, it was very cool going to a, a different country and then taking an executive role. But over the course of three years, if you take one measure, which is the increase in the equity value, uh, we were able to sell a portion, about 20% of the company to Swiss Air at seven times the equity value that the level was when we arrived. That's a good victory. Yep. <laughs> Viewed it as a success. So then you put your airline experience to use co-founding Valeris, an ultra low cost airline and the most successful airline in Mexico. How did that opportunity come together and who were your partners there? Yeah. So, so when I, when we came back to the U S I got a call from a friend who was interested. It was already, we're doing work in Mexico and they were interested in starting a private equity fund. He had a local partner down there that had a good network, good ties. And I was up for another adventure. And so we commuted to Mexico City. And then one of the areas that we, or that I looked at when I first arrived was the airline industry, which I knew from what I just came from and what I knew from Bade. And what I found in Mexico was there were 12 airlines. None of them really uh, were classified as a low-cost carrier or what we know today as an ultra-low-cost carrier, which would be things, companies like Southwest Airlines at the time, or today it would be like Frontier or Spirit Airlines. Mm-hmm. And so I wrote a business plan for it. I got my fund to commit to doing it. And then we went around and we met with people to invest money. We found a few other partners. We launched the airline in 2006 with $100 million. We were the smallest airline at the time with six aircraft. If you fast forward from 2006 to today, the 13 airlines have now been reduced to three. The largest airline in Mexico is Volaris now. We have 103 aircraft, 6,000 employees. It was the fastest appreciating stock in the stock market last year within the airline industry. And it's been a total success. I mean, and the management team there, the leadership team, the board is really an outstanding team. Are you still involved in that at all? No longer to the extent that I was before, but you know, I, I still occasionally will write an article on the, on the airline. I talk with the team. I talk with members of the board. It's a great leadership team. It's a great board of directors. Uh, what they've done down there is amazing. So very proud. That's awesome. So you spent also a lengthy tenure in the investment world as well with Ernst Ventures, where you reviewed thousands of business plans and just like you did at Bain. And uh, for entrepreneurs and business owners that listen, and a lot of them listen to our show, what are some of the biggest things you looked at when you looked at business plans? And when you still look at business plans, what are some tips and ideas? And what's your whole thought about a business plan, putting it together, how people are held accountable to it? Talk a little bit about that. Sure, sure. Yeah. And, and that's a big question that could go on for a long time longer. I know. <laughs> but um, the first thing that I always look at is I go to the team and I, I, I see the backgrounds of the team members, how long they've been there, what they've done before this, uh, just to gauge the overall strength of the team. That really will give me more insight into the believability of the plan itself. So after I do that, I then I look at the, the service that's being offered or the product that's being offered. And really understand if it's something that's needed by a consumer. If it is, go down the next step we go down to, and we looked at specifically the unit economics of the opportunity. And so 
you know, in franchising, we talk a lot about unit economics. What's the return over the investment? How long does it take to generate positive cash flow? Those two things are all really important. Over all of that, especially for some of these early stage companies, what we're really looking at is growth. You know, growth can take care of a lot of things. We're not talking five, 10% growth. We're talking 50, 75%, 100% year over year growth. And if we start seeing high growth numbers, we really feel like there's there's something that the founder of the company has figured out, team has figured out. And so that really, for the early stage stuff, that's really important. So if you're looking at a person's business plan, and we're talking uh, a person that's going to start a $100 million company and have to go get funding, or you're talking someone coming out of college and starting their own business. I know you just said growth, but what separates a good business plan, a great business plan from someone that just kind of threw something together real quick? Part of it is the realistic nature of And so that's where it really comes back to the team. And so I can look at certain business plans and I can see things that immediately would consider, at least I would say this is, this has never happened. I mean, I I looked at, I've looked at a couple just in the last year. I asked the founder, so how many stores will you get to by year three? They're at about 10. And the answer was a thousand. (laughs) <laughs> and you're like, what? <laughs> and so when I was looking at the financials, none of the none of this was really laid out, right? He, he had a revenue number, but he didn't have any supporting assumptions. So I sort of had to ask for the assumptions. So we'll listen up a thousand stores. Okay. Um, and then we were, I said, well, how many do you have under development now? What is the average time it takes to develop this? So because they have to go with, they got to find the franchisee, then they got to find a location, then they got to negotiate lease. They got to get building approval permits. Then they got to do the build out. Then they do the launch. And so when you're talking bricks and mortar, this is a nine month to 18 month ordeal. And so if you don't have all of this in the pipeline, it's huge. The reality is that thousand stores, in my opinion, they would be lucky if they get to a hundred or hundred stores. Yeah. And you balance all of us leaders. We don't want to squash people's dreams. How do you balance that of this isn't realistic, but Hey, I love the way you're thinking that way. I love, you know, let, let, let's, let's refine that. It is. You want a founder that's passionate. You want a founder that is experienced, but most important above all, you want a founder that's honest. And it's very important to be honest with yourself. You can never BS yourself. If you start BSing yourself, you know, that's the end. You know, so when I see unrealistic expectations, maybe they're just trying to drive up the valuation or maybe they really believe that. I think that's sort of what you have to peel the onion on. Do they really believe they can do this? If so, that's a different issue to sort out. Or are they trying to get the valuation business up? What is it? Because there's there's two different things. Sure. So going back to the franchise world a little bit, where you and I met for the first time was with Mosquito Joe. And Mosquito Joe's established franchise owner now. What about the opportunity of getting back to the franchise world? And right now you're all in the franchise world. I, I love the franchise world. Just the whole concept of it, of being able to use the systems that work, the processes that have been developed, and then let that person run with it and just build the business. It's, it's such a good model. But what drew you back to the franchise world? Yeah, so that was really... In my private equity days, we were also investing in franchising companies. Okay. I was an operator. There was a bit of a detour that's not in my bio, but I also owned a few CC's pizzas. Uh, so I was a franchisee. So I was a franchisor, franchisee. Then in private equity, I was an investor in various franchisors. Mm-hmm. And so that was a space that I really knew well. And so I wanted to get back in. And I, I, I saw locally a business called Mosquito Joe and a couple trucks 
couple hundred customers. It was started by some local business guys that all had other businesses. And this was more of a hobby. I mean, I think it started as a hobby just to rid their backyards of uh, all the mosquitoes. I bought the company. I brought on some investors. The founders stayed in and we kept the name, but we did, we changed everything else. We rebranded the business. We, uh, we got our own franchising documents. We determined it was a franchising growth plan we were going to follow. I hired a team of people, head of marketing, a head of operations, finance. And then we took six months to put everything together. Uh, that was in June of 2012. And then in January of 2013, we sold our first franchise and or recruited our first franchisee, I should say. And then we, and then we grew from there. And then over the course of five years, five and a half years, we grew that to 350 territories. Uh, across 34 states. And along the way, we learned a lot. And so we asked ourselves the question, why were we having as much success as we were? We benchmarked our success against companies like Mosquito Squad, Mosquito Authority, all of whom had a head start on us, but we were really out competing. And a lot of it came back to the team we hired, the culture we developed around the organization, the support we provided to the franchisees, the capital we had, all of those things sort of came together. And then that's when we said, well, look, if we can make outdoor pest control fun and sexy, you know, we could probably do that with other, other businesses. So we started looking at other services the homeowners uh, received and what bubbled to the top. The next one was Pool Scouts. And then, as you know, it was Home Clean Heroes. And then ultimately we bought a company called British Home School. Yeah. So now uh, with all of them, you have how many locations, how many states? Yeah. So in, in 2018, we made the decision to carve off Mosquito Joe and we sold it. That was uh, for a number of reasons. It was the right decision for us, for our investors, for the team, but we kept everything else. And we kept that core team that helped us build Mosquito Joe. That also stayed with Buzz Franchise Brands. Uh, so today we have three companies. We have British Swim School, which has about 150 locations. We have Pool Scouts as our second largest brand. That's got about 100 territories. And then our youngest emerging brand is Home Clean Heroes, and that's going to look 25 territories. What's your next vision, short-term and long-term? Yeah, so, you know, when, when we, in 2019, we made the decision to move uh, from incubating brands to we acquired a brand, and that was British Swim School. And what we learned about ourselves is we, we've got a, a significant infrastructure built up here. And so when we, we look at companies that might have 25 to 50 or 75 franchisees, we really feel we can apply our toolkit to that and really accelerate the growth. And, and, and so that's what we did with British Swim School. Uh, that was in 2019. And of course, you know, we jumped into this pandemic, put our growth plans on hold. Uh, and now we are back in growth mode, meaning acquisition mode. We're looking for other businesses to acquire. That are in that 25 to 75 franchise because that's where you feel your strength is. It's funny that you say that because getting to that first hundred is the hardest for these franchises. And often they just struggle and to have a company that can, hey, we can help you. Let's do this together. Let's get you to that next hump. That's such a needed thing in the franchise world. They tend to stall out in that 50, now 40 to 75 range for a lot of different reasons. But because of we, we, we follow, a, uh, we have a shared services platform here, which has a significant number of people that all can come and be part of the team. We just really add a lot of resources. And in addition to the capital we have, we just got a lot of people, a lot of experience, a lot of analytics that can apply to this. Got it. Talk a little bit of how COVID's affected you and how you've rebounded. Yeah, I mean, it was it was uh, it was a sort of a kick in the gut. I mean, to be honest, I mean, our largest brand, British Swim School, shut down minimum six months, some of them a year, depending on the state. 
And so that was really tough and we just acquired the company. So 2020 uh, would be in the category of it really sucked. Uh, 2021, the first quarter, we started to come out. And then the last three quarters of last year were outstanding, record, record quarters. And, you know, once we were in it, you know, collectively the team got together and we said, look, we have a goal here, which is to make sure that we don't lose a single franchisee because of the pandemic. So we're going to get up every day. We're going to work to make sure that that happens. And then the second goal was that when we come out of this, we're going to come out of the stronger. That brand really came out well. All three of the businesses are doing great. Pool Scouts really never faltered. I mean, that was an outdoor brand. People were using pools more and then really saw it take off. Yeah, awesome. So, you know, our show is called, like I said, Let's Talk Legacy. And just the time that I've gotten to know you, I know it's important to you to leave a legacy. You know, your work means a lot to you and leaving something behind. What does legacy mean to you? Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, we, we get, I'm 54, you know, I'm in the second half, maybe not the fourth quarter right now, but I would say I'm, I'm solidly in the second half of my, uh, my life. At least I want to create something that uh, a place where people enjoy coming to work every day, where they feel like they're challenged, where they feel like they're learning something, where they enjoy being around the people that they do. And then with our franchise community, uh, we have a mission statement just to enable people to realize their dreams. That's something we all here really believe in. Yeah, so that was my my next question. How do you convey that message of each business owner leaving a legacy and, and that our brand is going to be around in 100 years? And how do you actually do it? Do you talk about it in the meetings? Is it in things that go out printed? Is it in personal conferences that our leaders are having with their team? How do you do that? First, it, it, there's an overarching goal for each brand that we have, and it's a very simple goal. And that goal is to become a household name throughout the country. And the goal, we, you know, we're creating new brands, and we want each of our brands to have hundreds of locations across the country. Once that happens, you know, the network effect, as you know, really begins to really develop it. So name recognition is high, brand recognition is high. Everybody starts doing better. The new businesses that are launched launch at a higher rate. So that's really what we try to do. And then beyond that, it's, it's just repetition. Just remember, here's the goal. We're, we're all in this together. We're growing a business that is going to be known across the country within a few years. Mosquito Joe's there now. I mean, that Mosquito Joe's an incredibly well-known brand. That was a brand that was started in 2012, effectively. So it's, it didn't take that long. But it's, uh, it's, 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 it's very satisfying. I think all of us to have been part of that. And we're going to do it now with all these three brands we have and then the new ones we require. Sure. So if somebody wants to get in touch with you to learn about any of your three brands right now, someone wants to get in touch with you because they're an executive and a franchise brand that's out there that might be interested in kind of folding in with you guys and taking their brand to the next level, how would someone reach you, Kevin? The two easiest ways, one is uh, go to our website at buzzfranchisebrands.com. All of our brands are on there. You can catch it or you can go to LinkedIn and just search me, Kevin Wilson at Buzz Franchise Brands. We're always looking for, for new people, great people to, uh, to build out the team. Uh, and we're also always looking for new opportunities. Awesome. Kevin, thank you for your time. If you need anything from Kevin, Kevin Wilson, he'll be happy to share with you ways that you can build your business or get involved in his business. Thank you very much, Kevin. Thanks, Gary. Great spending time with you today. 
If you've enjoyed today's podcast and want to learn more, visit us at southwesternlegacy.com. Shoot us an email via our easy contact form to find out how you can become an agent or how we can meet your needs for final expense coverage. You can find this and other episodes at letstalklegacypod.com on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Amazon, and anywhere else you listen to podcasts. Let's Talk Legacy is a presentation of the Southwestern Legacy Insurance Group, a member of Southwestern Family of Companies.